Hello and welcome to The Rules Report. I'm Ryan Lester and thank you for joining us for episode 75. Tonight we're going to analyse the Villa match and the players, take a look at O'Neill's first eight games in charge, league games, take your questions and look ahead to Bournemouth. Of course, I'm joined by my two loyal midfield generals in the form of club captain, fence sitter Mark Nock and our director of football, the brains of the show, Chris Tyler. Before we move into the football, I just wanted to uh, shout out about something I'd seen today that um, was very powerful. Uh, it's not often we talk about other football clubs and credit them, but uh, Norwich City put out a social media tweet today uh, regarding uh, World Mental Health Day. Um, and it was really, really powerful. For anyone that's not seen it, I would highly recommend going onto their socials. It's got nearly 20 million views now if you've not seen it already. but And it just reads out... Um, at times, it can be obvious where someone is struggling to cope, but sometimes the signs are harder to spot. Check in on those around you. It's a fantastic message and it's a great message, so I would highly recommend anyone to have a look at that. Moving on with the show, um, uh, we faced our friendly neighbours that aren't really bothered about us down the road, yeah. Nucky, where it finished Wolverhampton Wanderers 1, Aston Villa 1. Mark Nock, your take on the game. Uh, first 10 minutes, I was a little bit twitchy because they came at us, put us under a lot of pressure. I think their game plan was to try and score early and, and sort of bring us out a little bit. But after that, we, we went that relatively well and then we grew into the game and I think the setup was right. I think the team selection was right. You couldn't really change it after the Man City game. Um, we created opportunities. I mean, they've, they've probably had more than us over the course of the game, but you know, you take into account their league position and our league position, it's it's not really unsurprising at the moment. They're full of confidence if it's six in the last game. Uh, but some real positives for us. I think um, another fantastic defensive performance, especially from Dawson, who's, you know, pocketed his second top striker in a in a week in pocketed Watkins. And I thought Totti played well. I thought midfield Lamina in particular was absolutely excellent. Obviously, he's got himself sent off stupidly but he was still a wonderful performance up till then and everyone performed I, I can't pick out any negatives from the the players on the pitch not honestly from the starting 11 anyway I thought they all worked really hard we scored a really good goal Neto he's, he's made that run five or six times in the last few games and he always seems to get there and Johnny on the spot Huang's popped in again hasn't he I mean the Korean guy's banging him in at the moment it's, in, it's incredible how he's turned around so it, it was I'm, I'm really pleased with the point I think you look at the games we've had Man City Villa I think we all would have taken a couple of points maybe one win out of those games so to get four out of that I think you've got to be absolutely delighted and I've criticised O'Neill, um, as you know but I think he got it right again I think his substitutions were right I think they made an impact, Bubakar in particular. I thought he was really good when he came on. And it was just a, a well-organised, well-drilled performance. And uh, he's mugged Emery off at the end as well. So he's, he's definitely winning me around. But yeah, all in all, I'm really pleased with a with point. And I think the lads the lads put a lot into that. And it's a, a very good result. Four points from those two home games after the Luton Ipswich game. It, we, it's, it's a certainly different feel on this podcast and a, across the fan base, really. Tyler, we, we spoke off air and you said something really interesting to me that was thinking about in, in terms of you're happy because you can see who Wolves are now. So those last few games have got an identity again. So Gary O'Neill looks like he's found a plan and it, it's working. Yeah, I was having a few um, debates on Twitter with a few people like, obviously asking what expectations were so early, but it was that, right? And it was just to see, <clears throat> not necessarily a plan, but at least an idea of a plan and what we were trying to do. And the, the last two games have been crystal clear. I think O'Neill talked about it, to be fair, where maybe he's tried to implement the plan and the players maybe haven't got it or the message didn't get across. Um, but on with Nokia, I was delighted again. With the point, it sounds a bit small time, but I don't mean it to, but it just keeps the momentum, the international break. It's just four points from six. Villa are flying, let's be honest. They have been flying. Um, and it just keeps that, that bit of momentum going, doesn't it? But there's a clear plan now. You know, there's a 3-4-3. Three, three. We don't give the opposition much space. We break at such a pace. The front three are busy. The two midfield are industrious. Um the wing-backs offer a bit of quality. You can just see what we're trying to do now. And and like I said, I've, I said to you, I'm, I'm, I'm more than comfortable now in that approach. I think he probably stumbled across his best team for the Man City game because he probably had to revert to type. But as we talked about, you know, last week, I, I think it just suits us so, so well. Um, it, it, you know, I've, I've criticised Toti, the midfield too. 
that it just works for them, doesn't it? He was excellent again. Those two, as I said, were industrious. They gave nothing away against a, a good, experienced Villa midfield. And yeah, I can see what we're trying to do now in games. Um, and like, like I said, even the substitutions, you know, bar Fabio, but I can't give him too much stick because Fabio got sent off straight away, didn't he? So um, good options in the squad as well, you know. So it is starting to look like it's um, it's coming together. Yeah, it's the, the picture looks completely different, Noki. But as Tyler said, we look like we've got an identity. There seems to be a shape. We know what we're doing. We're breaking fast. It was a very much a horses for courses manager. He's stuck with the same team. He's got four points from two games. Going forward now, um, just moving away from performance briefly, is this Wolves now or do you, would you see him deviating in the future? Um, I think it's us for now. I think while it's working, I think he'll stick with it because it's given us, as Chris said, an identity. It's given us a, a system and, and it doesn't have to be a negative formation. And we, we spoke about that before. It can be a very attacking formation, especially if you've got the pace that we've got in those attacking areas. And it, it's very similar to Nuno. It's a system that we played. We know it works. We know your wing-backs can affect games. And we know you've got that pace at front. Okay, it used to be Jota and Adama, and now it's Wang and Neto. But we've got that We've got that impact now. So those three, well, those two attackers definitely have to be in. And then you're probably going to play Cunha as well because he is affecting games. So you need a system that gets all three of them in. You need a system that gets your wing-backs in because you know they're going to play. And you've got Lamina and Gomez offering that layer of protection. So it's going to be interesting how we react against teams who maybe sit a little bit deeper when we do come up with the Bournemouths and can we break them down. But at the same time, we're going to be a team that identifies an opportunity to get points and maybe they're going to be a little bit more ambitious. So for me, I think I think we stick with it. I think we go with it now. Um, I don't think Dawson and Kilman are as comfortable in a two as they are in a three. I think that extra mm-hmm. layer of protection brings a little bit more out of them. So... If you're doing something that's working and it's three games unbeaten, it might only be one winning those three games, but it's three games unbeaten. We're four points clear of the drop zone. We've gone into the international break off the back of playing two teams who are both in Europe. One of them is the best team in the world at the moment, and we've we've come out with with positive results. So, yeah, I think you stick. I don't see any rational now to change it. If you change it and it goes pear shaped, there's going to be major questions asked, isn't there? So for me, just yeah, stick with it. Absolutely. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Tyler, moving moving back to the game. Um, the two men at the moment combining for the goal. Neto's found his belief and he's after burners and Huangi Chan cannot stop scoring. Talk us through that goal. Huh. It's not like and Sutton of the 90s, isn't it? They look <laughs> like a deadly duo. And, um, it, it was a great goal, wasn't it? I think Huang won it deep, if I remember. Um, so he won the ball back in a, a own box. And then, you know, 10, 15, 15 seconds later, you've scored. But it was nice that they were all involved in it. I think Huang won it. Played it into Kuna, Kuna turned, played it to Neto. I mean, Neto, like Nocker said, he's been doing that every week, hasn't he? And like defenders haven't really got a clue what to do, have they? There's, there's no way you can stop it. It's just raw pace. And if they commit early, he'll beat them. If they drop off like uh, Torres did, he'll still beat you and cross it. So you can't defend against it, really. Um, and then, yeah, man of the moment, he just pops up, doesn't he, with, with the goal. And um, yeah, I mean, no one probably saw that coming. I think Noki mentioned it was, you know, Jimenez and Jota or Jimenez and Traore. You could sort of see that one working, but I don't think many predicted Neto and, and Wang to have the, the partnership they've got. But long may it continue, you know, we've just got to hope it it does. Um, but I think I saw a stat today, I think, across Europe, they're, they're right at their stats-wise with goals and assists in the top league. So we haven't had that for a few seasons, have we? So let's enjoy it while we can. Absolutely. Making uh, partnerships in football are absolutely key. And it's, it's one at the start of the season. I don't think anyone would have predicted. We were concerned about Neto. Um, but that look, appears now to have been a confidence issue, not an ability issue. He looks as strong, as quick as ever. And in fairness to Huang, for all his criticism, we've always said his movement in the box has always been good. He's always been able to pick up a position. It's just what he's done with the rest of the game that's frustrating us. If you put Huang Chan in and about six, 12 yards out, he finds himself in them position and you can't coach that. You've either got that ability or you haven't. So if you're getting him in those positions, you're going to get the best out of him. And I'm happy to eat humble pies. I'm sure you two are as well. So yeah, long may it continue. Um, Noki, the biggest frustration of the day was probably celebrating that goal. And by the time the uh, the heartbeats have gone below 100 again, uh, Villa have equalised. So a disappointing switch off for me in the equaliser. 
it's the old adage, isn't it? You're most vulnerable after you score that goal. And and we did. We absolutely switched off. We gave away a daft free kick. It's a simple ball in the box from Watkins. Okay, it's a, it's a decent clipping, but it's nothing special. He's just put it towards a far post and we've left Torres completely unmarked. So really frustrating because you, you never know what's going to happen after, you know, after you scored the goal. But you just felt that the next five or ten minutes were going to be pivotal. I think if we keep him out at that point, I think we reset, we, we stabilise and... I think we we'll probably win the game, but it happens, doesn't it? it? It was just one of those things. We've, we've done it to teams, we've had it done to us. It's it's a frustration and it was a soft goal, which was probably the most disappointing thing. We didn't make them work for it. And I think that's we've been guilty of that a few times this season. We haven't made teams really force opportunities on us. We've kind of just switched off for those split seconds and this level you get punished for it. So, yeah, disappointing, but... Um, the important thing is we didn't capitulate, we didn't fold, we stayed firm after that and we made sure we protected our point. We didn't go searching for the win, although we could have won it with Neto. We were just a little bit more intelligent and, and read the situation a bit better than we have done in previous games. Excellent games management. You are listening and watching episode 75 of the Wolves Report with club captain Mark Nock and director of football Chris Tyler, currently discussing Wolverhampton Wonders 1, Aston Villas 1. As always, the show is beamed out live and then available back on Spotify, YouTube, Twitter and Facebook. So thank you for all your comments, which I'll put up live during the show, which you'll be able to see on videos. I get lots, so I'll put up as many as I can. Some of the good insults and maybe not some of the ones that I can put up um, regarding... uh, some things we probably can't talk about. Um, let's move on to the player ratings. Um, Tyler, starting off with Jose, sir. Yeah, I liked him again. I, I think since I've absolutely hammered him. <laughs> we seem to be doing that a lot on this show. You want to be careful what you say about players, mate. Good <laughs> <about you. laughs> He's kind of so not pretty much a faultless display. I think he made two or three excellent saves. The cash one. The Watkins one, second half, they're brilliant saves. Um, came and caught most things again. Distribution was fine. Yeah, he's going on the other trajectory, and hopefully, we maybe we're starting to see a benefit of of Cutler, who I think is very highly regarded. He's probably had a bit of time to settle him down, work with him, and you know, might be way off the mark. But does he feel a bit more comfortable with the back three? I don't know. Maybe. Right point. Um, yeah. So yeah. Very good performance. You can't fault it at all. Jose Sars always seemed to me like he's a little bit edgy. Like he's he's he's, he's got something in him. He seems a lot more the last few games. Like he's taking he's holding the ball. He's taking a breath. He's thinking. Yeah. He's looking around him. He's weighing his up. He's thinking. What's my instruction going from there? Now playing in front of thirty thousand people or fifty thousand people away from home. Huge high pressure. You know what I mean? The fans are saying get it forward quickly, but. He looks more calm. And as you said, Tyler, I think Cutler, I mean, I think Jose Sarr, I mean, the problem is when a keeper makes a mistake and his distribution comes out and it comes in a goal, you're getting all the stick. It's a position where if you make a mistake and it costs, everyone's talking about it. I actually do think he looks a little bit more composed. And as you said, the, I thought particularly the Matt Cash save at the near post, um, I thought that was a fantastic stop. So, yeah, credit to Jose Sarr. Uh, moving on to the back three, Noki. Uh, Start off with um, Craig Dawson. Got a booking um, early on um, after 14 wrestling matches in the box with John McGinn. Somehow uh, Craig Dawson got booked for his, I think, what was his look like for me, his first proper foul? Yeah, yeah, they fire cards out for random reasons now, don't they? If you look in a a strange direction, you get booked. So frustrating. He he doesn't look like the kind of player that would mouth off. He looks pretty reserved and, and intelligent. So... You know, you, but you don't know what goes on on the pitch, do you? Performance-wise, I thought he was excellent. I thought he was really good. Um, really dealt with an informed Watkins who's been banging goals in for fun. He, he took control of him. And there was a couple of opportunities where he got away and there was a fantastic save from Joe Sosar. But quality players at some point are going to get away from you and get that yard. But all in all, it was a, it was a really a really good performance. And he, as we said before, he looks far more comfortable in the three than he does in the two. And he looks like it's, it's the system he wants to play in. Something I'd, I'd never given Craig Dawson any credit for in the past was I was not expecting Craig Dawson to have the ability to be pinging balls to the wing-backs. Now, bringing his name up in the show, because I'm sure going forever, but some of those balls are Cody-esque. He's picking it up off the keeper. And he's, I mean, professional footballers should have a good range of delivery, but I was not expecting Craig Dawson to be hitting them balls and finding Tomato and Aitnori. Absolutely fantastic. So... 
three and a half million pounds. I don't think Craig Dawson ever had any pace, so I'm not sure we're particularly worried about him losing lots of pace when consecutive weeks, if you, you've pocketed Erling Haaland and, and restricted a very informed Ollie Watkins, yeah, three and a half million pounds, experienced, composed, Ballon Dawson, what, what an absolute footballer. Um, Tyler, moving on to captain Max Kilman, uh, another good game from one of our defenders. Yeah, just solid, wasn't it? Just, <laughs> sort of repeating ourselves, but it, again, just so much more comfortable in a three. A um, bit more aggressive. Like I think I said last week, you can sort of go and attack the ball and it's not the end of the world if you don't win it because there's people behind you. Just looks so comfortable there. And again, we've talked about it before. They, they just complement each other so well, don't they? He's really good at bringing the ball out. Um, probably didn't do it to the effect he did the week before, but I've always liked him, always rated him. And if you're talking about Craig Dawson being a bargain, God knows what you're going to say about Max Kilman's transfer fee because, you know, Hobbs talked about it, didn't he? I think he threatened to buy him himself if Wolves didn't stump up the money. So that shows how highly regarded he was and he's reached his potential, hasn't he? And he continues to do so. It's it's, it's a funny one with, with, with this three. That I mean, I know we mentioned stumbled across earlier on, but there's three centre-backs with three different, very different skills. Obviously, Toti looks like a man-marker and a stopper. Craig Dawson's incredible in the air and a stopper. Max Kilman's the footballer that can bring it out of defence. Max Kilman playing on his weak side, actually, for me, looks better playing on his unnatural side because mm -hmm. it allows him to cut inside and use his left foot and also his distribution. So, yeah, fantastic from Max. And those defenders look comfortable in this setup so far. I mean, it, yeah. it may go that's wrong that's soon, that's but... but how many times, though, in these last few games, Tyler, have we seen any of these centre-backs in real trouble against Man City and Villa? Have they been in real trouble? And, and I think that's why it works so well. I think there's no need to play the high line. They can sit just in front of the 18-yard box. Toti's probably come to be the quickest. You know, Kilman and Dawson are quick. So you're playing to your strengths, aren't you? You know, when we had them two as a, as a pair at centre-back, we struggled, didn't we, with that one in behind and a bit of pace. And now we don't need to worry about it. Like Knocker said, Harland and Watkins have come to town and, you know, barely had a sniff, really. So that that should give you all the confidence in the world. And I just think it, you know, it works so well. Admittedly, they then do have another wall in front of them with, with Gomez and Amina. So they're probably quite lucky from that perspective. But play to your strengths. Why not? And that's that's what we've been doing. Absolutely. Uh Noki moving on to the fridge, Toti Gomez. Last week he's <laughs> yeah, back, Phil Foden. I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> moving on to Toti Gomez, Noki. Last week he's bagged Phil Foden. This week he's bagged the RB. Toti Gomez had his opportunity a few times before. Probably not the most technically gifted of footballers. Didn't, no have a about didn't, didn't have a great game at Ipswich, but credit where it's due. He looks comfortable in a, in a three. He's not getting roasted and he's been part of a team that's got two fantastic results on the bounce. I think you've covered it, haven't you? I mean, he was imperious again. It was just a really, really good performance. He, well, I mean, DRB, all right, he might not have been 100% fit, but he's a player that's been causing real trouble this season. He's been hurting teams and... Fast. Gomez took him out of the game and to the point where they had to take him off and that Foden got took off for City as well. He's, he's affecting... He's affecting performances of opposition players at the moment. And I think we, we kind of touched on it earlier that we're not getting seeing our defenders getting beaten and there isn't a lot of pace in that back line. But you don't need a lot of pace in the back line if you've got organisation. Right. And we are really organised. We keep the shape well. If Totty's exposed, Dawson drops across. If Dawson's exposed, Kilman drops in. So that they know what they're doing. So, you know, some of your best defenders in the world haven't had a lot of pace. If you go through the years, there's not a lot of centre-backs that were particularly quick. But the real strong effective centre-backs were the ones who were organised, kept their shape and worked well in, in their system. And that's exactly what we're doing at the moment. So I thought Totti was good. He he, he controlled Diaby really well. He, he didn't, he's lost that kind of rash element to his game now. There yeah. was moments where you expected him just to swipe the ball and it could go absolutely anywhere. Or That clearance at the end of the game that went to the roof of the South Bank was incredible. Yeah, and that's what you're supposed to do with the clearance, isn't it? You know, those mad moments... I don't, well, I don't know about that. But, you know, they used to have those mad moments where he's, he's you think he's going to try and break someone's leg in half on the pitch, but he just seems to have 
just reined it in a little bit, learned his skills and just started playing the simple things and doing it really well. So we talk about bargains. He's definitely eking towards that himself now. Yeah, really pleasing for him. Um, and I know we talk about skill and natural ability, but I know my dad's watching and he played as a defender. Defending is also a skill. Having the ability to stop somebody, to put put to put them out of their comfort zone and stop them playing is also a skill. So in terms of his skill of stopping Phil Foden and Diaby on consecutive weeks, it's a great skill to have. And long mate continue. Well played, Toti Gomez. Uh, moving on to the wing-backs, Tyler, starting off with Nelson Semedo, who unfortunately misses the Bournemouth game after picking up his fifth booking because he tried to deck Jack Grealish last week. <laughs> Nelson Semedo. Um, oh, I'm going to be harsh, but it's his fault for the goal, isn't it, ultimately? Um, and again, it's what we've talked about for two or three years. He'd have three or four Belton games and then he can just have a rick in him and let himself down. And you don't want to be too harsh because he's he's been one of our better performers this season. But you just can't switch off like that. I, I don't even know what he's doing. He's sort of in no man's land between the centre-half and, and Torres. He's obviously lost his man and they've scored. Um, am I being too critical? I, I don't know. You know, the booking against Man City again, no need for it. It's, it, it's going to be a big loss now at Bournemouth. After you've won a game like that, you don't need to go and get yourself booked. Um, but, you know, I'll try and be a bit more positive. And, and overall, he was he was okay, wasn't he? He was fine. It, it he didn't get hurt, did he, at all, the whole game? He, no, he's... but I wouldn't necessarily expect him to with, you know, the cover we've got, like Knocker said, and, and the opponent he was up against. You know, Diaby's then, I think, their real danger man, and he was over the other side of the pitch. Um, could he have been a bit more offensive again, maybe? But like I said, he's let let himself down for the goal, and and ultimately that's that's what matters, isn't it? At this this top level, it's it, it is it is harsh, Tyler. But you are correct because this is the most elite league in world football. If your defender switch off, there's a pass and there's a goal, and that's what happened. But Nelson Semedo, uh, by far Wolves' first choice right back, right wing back by a million miles. Um, so he's going to be a huge miss and obviously we'll talk about how we're going to fill the gaps later on but yeah other other than sort of one drop off I thought Nelson was fantastic moving on to the left wing back um, Ryan ain't nori knocker he was he was good till Cash body checked him and took him out of the game I how was that he, not a booking yeah that's that looked like intent for me he looked like he was trying to do him but it is what it is he hadn't booked him um, lost Cash which forced a really good save from Saar. But other than that, I thought he was very solid. I don't think he ever looked in real danger. He was similar to Nelson. He wasn't particularly advancing too far, which kind of makes me think that was part of our plan to maybe just yeah. make sure we stay in the game and then push in in the second half. Maybe that was what we were looking to try and do. But yeah, he did, did well while he was on the pitch, but um, ultimately the, the body check took him out of the game. Yeah, it's you can understand in the derby. I mean, Villa... I was not expecting 5-3-2 from them. Um, from Villa's approach, it looked like until the red card, they'd come to spoil, stop, and if they could pinch a goal. Um, which, considering the way they took Brighton apart the previous week, you're not really expecting that. And uh, I'm not sure Wolves were expecting that. But moving back on to Ryan Aitnori, uh, I want to see him joining in. If you've got 30 behind you that can stop most attackers, I want to see Aitnori getting a pie. Um, that's not a criticism on Saturday because it was... Sorry, Sunday, because it wasn't that, it wasn't particularly that kind of game. But he sees someone going forward. I want to see in the opponent's box because the way he twists and turns and glides with the football is as good as anybody at Wolves. And for him and Wangi Chan to link up on that side, maybe if Wangi's cutting into open space for him, maybe that's something we'll, we'll see at Bournemouth. I, th um, I think you're right, and I didn't mean to cut across you then, but I think you're yeah. right because when you look at if you look at the way Villa play, we knew they were going to come at us, and I think O'Neill knew they were going to come at us. So. The one thing you don't want to do is go gung-ho, leave yourself exposed and then allow Villa in behind you and leave them spaces for them to play through, especially when you've got players like Diaby who can swap sides and come at you. So I, I do think O'Neill was right in what he was doing in making sure we stayed in it and then we'll kick on second half. OK, that didn't happen because we lost State Nuri, but I, I don't think it was a negative from Eight Nuri and Samado to go forward. I think that was the game plan, hold back, and I think they were pretty disciplined in the way they did it. I do think if we'd have kept him on the pitch, we would have seen more of him from the second half as, a, as an attacking option. Yeah, and hopefully we'll see that we'll see that more going forward. Um, Tyler, moving on to uh, Joe Gomez, um, just before we talk about his performance, um, 
and someone's asked this question later on, it's I've noticed he gets sort of taken off probably 65, 70 minutes. And I don't think because he's unfit. I think that guy puts the pedal down and goes till he's got nothing left. Um, and hopefully that'll improve the more minutes he gets because he's still quite a young guy and people sometimes take a little bit longer for stamina-wise. So I don't think he's not fit as he should be, as some people suggest. I just think that guy, he's a relentless presser and, and physical battler and it just takes out of him. But tell me about his performance. I think it's what we've come to expect now, isn't it, really? He's, he's turning into um, sort of a nice, solid 7 out of 10 every week, isn't he? I sound like a broken record. I'll talk about the limitations they've both got again. But again, in a game like this, it, it suits them, doesn't it? They like the battle they were up against. You know, good players in the beginning and, and Louise. And sometimes they could have got over them. But I'm sorry, talking a bit about them as a pair. So I, to be honest, I see them as a bit of a pair. Gomez and Levine, I sort of see them as as a bit of a double act. And then, again, they do exactly what their manager asks of them. They, they rat about, they win the ball back. And they try and get it into Kuna or Huang early and to clear tactic now, isn't it? And um, he's going to be an important player, isn't he? But what's positive is, you know, Bubakar coming on for him doesn't weaken us. And there's a bit of an argument from some people that it may be even strengthened us on Saturday. So what a nice position to be in. That's not even talking about, you know, Doyle, who's not had a kick yet. Um, and Hodge is obviously way down the pecking order now. So it's nice to have some genuine options in there. But... He warrants his place in the team. He's doing what the manager asks of him week in, week out now. Yeah, I, th I think, as you mentioned, those pair, before we go on to, to Mario, those pair that you say come as a pair, sit in front of that back three, that's a good five there that you feel comfortable with and they all look comfortable in this system. And what's key to that is Matthias Kuna coming and collecting. The, yeah. And he, he's that link man that comes and collects and he's, probably not getting as many goals and, and assists as, as he would like. But if it's his job to collect and then feed him one of the wide players or the wing-backs, if Wolves are playing like the last two games, I don't really mind if Kuna's not scoring. I'm interested in the results, not not player statistics, as long as it's not affecting the outcome. So, yeah, long might continue. Um, Jao Gomez, Mr. new Mr. 7 out of 10. Um, Noki, moving on to Mario Lamina, who will also miss the Bournemouth game. Um, bit of a strange one because it's his second booking and he was already missing the game. He misses one game, but then he returns, um, but he stays on four bookings um, until, uh, well, he's not going to stay on four bookings, is he? So he's suspended for them. But then after the Bournemouth game, he'll restart on four bookings because apparently that's the rule after a second yellow card if you're already on four. What a mouthful. Noki, tell me about Mario Lamina's performance. That's a, that's a ridiculous rule, isn't it? I don't make been, it, mate. He's been booked twice in the same game, so that's two bookings, but, you know. I'll give up trying to figure out what our uh, officials and <laughs> makers are doing. So, look, you, you know my feelings on Mario. I think he's absolutely fantastic. I think he's um, he's one of the most important pieces of the Wolves puzzle. I think he links us together in midfield. I think his interceptions are, are badly underrated in terms of what he what he offers in that area. And I know Chris has used the phrase limited. I don't see him as limited. I see him as as an expert in his field. I think that's what he's there to do. He's there to win the ball, to distribute and then to recycle, get back into position and hold that line. And that's exactly what he does. And I I thought he was, in my opinion, the best player on the pitch. I, I really do. I think he was solid the whole game through. Other players have moments like Neto and Huang, but in terms of consistency, he was fantastic. Saying that, he managed to get himself sent off, um, which was a... But he's, he's, has he, has he, sorry to jump in, has he not taken one for the team there? Because they're going to they're gonna break. He's been sold a pup. He's been sold short. He's got to make that decision because if he doesn't foul him and they go and score, he's really going to kick himself then. Yeah, I mean, to a point, yes. But I also think that the Villa player is heading for the corner flag. I don't think he's heading towards goal. I don't, I don't think there is an impending danger. It's not, yeah, like, it's not like he's bursting through on goal and you've got to make that split-second decision. I think there's cover in place. Um, I think it is a red card. Definitely a second at, yellow, yeah. Yeah, but in saying that, you see some of the ones that weren't given over the course of the weekend and you're thinking, well, if that's the kind of leniency you're going to offer, could you perhaps have give, had a little chat with him instead of sent him off? But if it's a Villa player, I'm absolutely screaming for a red card. But so then I, I thought he was, I thought he was very good. But as Chris said, we've got Bubakar who was outstanding when he came on. I'm, I'm comfortable with him coming in and and playing at Bournemouth. We don't usually talk about the subs, but let's let's talk about Bubakar for a second and his impact. I mean, I mean, I've mentioned this a few times. I think he had the second or third best pressing stats in European football just before we joined Wolves. So that guy's clearly got an engine. 
when he came on, I thought he was excellent. He's 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 a warrior like the other two, but he's a different kind of warrior because he seems to cover more ground. He's very aggressive. He gets very close. He wants to give it away quickly. He doesn't hold on to it. He's quick, find the wing back, find the centre back. He moves the ball quickly and we keep going. I really like him and it's an absolute no-brainer that he comes in for me next week. And then we'll talk about that later on, but I'm excited about Bubikar. I think going forward, he, he's got some, I, I like the way he's prepared. If there's five yards in front of him, he takes the space. He doesn't seem particularly wasteful on the ball. He's, he's neat and tidy, but he's pressing and the way he wins the ball back, like the Wolves way in midfield now, when you've got your two Warriors, as the season goes on, if he continues to play like that second half, I think he'd be pressing for a start. Tyler. What? Do you think he'd be pressing? <laughs> you're not listening. <laughs> yeah, no, joking. Yeah, yeah, you've said exactly what I said. I, I, I sort of joked with you, it looks like there was two of him on the pitch, didn't there, at times, because of the mm. amount of ground he could, because he's so leggy. Um, but I think he's got a bit on the ball as well. I think yeah. he can play a bit more than mm. the other two. And you know what I'm like with a footballer. And me and Locker will argue, you know, till we're blue in the face about Lavina. But I think he's probably the one out of the three that maybe can carry it forward 10 yards and then can find that pass. Mm. And we saw his goal last season in the cup as well. So he's got yeah. a goal in him. And the highlights real. I've got, like you said, absolutely no issue with him starting over either of those two at any point of the season. But yeah, he certainly comes in now in a tough away game, like a, a, a Bournemouth will be in. It's a light-for-light light replacement. So, yeah, I think he probably deserves a shot. It'd be interesting to see what he does, though, because obviously we're not expecting Gomez or Lamina to carry the ball forward. But if you've got a centre midfielder there that can carry, all of a sudden then on the counter, as on, on the turnover, that'll make Wolves a, a bit of a different beast attacking more. So that'll be really interesting to see. And I can only imagine it's him um, starting next week. Um Moving on to uh, Pedro Neto, my dad's made a comment here as well, which is really good. Um, he's mentioned uh, Neto did two did, did, Neto did in two consecutive weeks what Adama threatened to do for so many times in five years, beating his man and delivering. Me and my dad were talking about this earlier on. Um, Noki, tell me about Pedro Neto's performance. Yeah, but he's. To be honest, I thought it was one of his quieter games actually this season. <laughs> it was um, awesome, yeah. I think he, he he struggled to get in it. I think Villa did a little bit of a number on him. Um, seemed to be doubling up, keeping him a little bit quiet. But quality players like that are in the kind of form that he's in. At some point, they're going to hurt you. Similar to Watkins when he gets himself into a position. Neto's our version of that, really. And he gets he manages to, to pull Torres into an uncomfortable position, isolates him one-on-one. -on -one. And, you know, they spent a lot of money on that defender and he absolutely blitzed past him like he wasn't even there. On his so, weak side as well. <laughs> on his weak side. And, and again, it's it's a, another assist. It's Huang popping up in the right spot. Other than that, I don't think he affected the game too much. He did a job for the team. He, he trapped back and he worked really hard. Um, but that was the only real time that he, he was able to affect the game directly. But yeah, a, another, another 90 minutes really for him. Another opportunity to get those get those legs working and get the more energy back into him and he's getting better and better every week. So he can only be positive for us as long as he stays fit. If I'm going to have one criticism and I might be being harsh and please tell me if you think I am, I do think he should have hit the target when um, when Sasha yeah. Kalajic put him in. Sasha Kalajic's pass, where has that come from? He's absolutely pinged a side foot. Absolute beauty. Whipped it across to him. Yes, he's running at pace, but... I do think that you just got to let, you don't have to hit the ball. You have to let the ball hit you then. It's fine. And just try and guide it. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh at the speed though, but I, I do think you should have been no, hitting the target from there. I, I don't I don't think you're being harsh. I think at this level, well, at any level of football, you bury that. There's no, I don't care, weaker foot, stronger foot. I think it's kind of irrelevant. If you want to be, if you want to make that next step into the, yeah. the top class level, which is where I think he's he's heading at the moment, that goes in the back of the net. There's no question about it. So, yeah, I, I actually forgot about that. Either that or I blanked it out in my head. But he, he absolutely should have finished that one. That was the only real downside to his performance. But, again, the positives outweigh the negatives. Yeah. Is he joint top assister in the Premier League this season now? Um, so, if, if if we're being a bit um, giving some criticism, we, we have to a little bit because he, he probably should have hit the target. But, um what a season he's having. Again, like with Huang, I'm happy to be in Humble Pie because if I'm wrong and it's to Wolves' benefit, fantastic. I'll happily be wrong every week. Um, moving on to the man of the moment, Tyler, Huang <laughs> He Chan. 
up there boxing the round. The coffee's just boiled about so I'm just going to pop and get it. <laughs> um, right place, right time. Another goal again, for Wolverhampton Wanderers. But it's more than that now, though. And it, and it doesn't hurt me to yeah. say it, but it's more that it's, you're now getting... The second half, definitely it was. You're getting a player of our own box and turn and spin and play. It's exactly what we thought we were signing when we were watching the highlight reel from, you know, where we bought him from. And it's just all coming together, isn't it? Again, whether it's confidence, whether it's just fall, whether he's now feeling fully fit himself. He's on a lap, had a lot of injuries. But if that chance that we just talked about for Neto falls to bang, you, you're banking on him taking it, aren't you? And, and that's where we're at the moment. He's, he's made himself the best finisher at the club. But his all-round game is improving week on week. I think me and you argued, I thought City was his best performance. You thought Sunday was his best performance. Yeah, second half Sunday, I thought it was excellent. Yeah, what a nice conversation to be having where we're arguing how good Wang is. You know, we're loving it, aren't we? But I talked about it earlier for the goal. He was brilliant. He won it back. But he didn't just win it and pass it and then go through the motions. He got himself in the box and finished it. And Bust the gut to get into position. That's all you want from your strikers, isn't it? I mean, there's some options there, isn't there? We've got Bellegarde to come back in. All of a sudden, it looks a bit rosy. We, we found a way of scoring goals, haven't we, and getting numbers in the box. And the only thing I said, and again, I don't want to be harsh, is it'll be interesting when the goals dry up, because they will, they will dry up at some point. Can he maintain that? level of performance and keep contributing that's the only question mark on him but at the moment he's he's one of the first names on the team sheet I mean he's probably got six more goals than I thought he was going to get this season so I'm absolutely delighted um, and, fa and fair play to him um, probably not a brilliant first half but second half his team play the ball recovery the holding the spinning the playing the uh, the way he linked it I thought it was excellent so yeah credit to Huang um, again like I'm saying with Toti like I'm saying with Neto long may it continue well played Huang Yi Chan um, Noki moving on last but by no means least actually we'll do Matt Doherty as well because he played half a game um, Matthias Kuna has to come a little bit deeper almost playing like a false nine number ten as Tyler said the midfield two aren't going to open teams up so Kuna comes and collects and and he played his part in the goal linking the play as well yeah, he was involved in the goal. Um, didn't affect the game much other than that, I don't think. Similar to Neto, he had one really good moment. Other than that, he was he was working hard for the team. He was tracking back, but he, he didn't really affect it. You didn't see any of those kind of runs that you've seen in previous games where he's, he's running at the back line and, and getting into positions to attack. But he, he didn't do anything wrong, but I don't think he did anything particularly outstanding. I think he was just he was just solid. He was effective in what, what he needed to do to secure the midfield and attack. Did I mean correct me if I'm wrong? But did, was it his run that got Bubakar Traore booked? Sorry, uh, Bubakar Kamara booked early on. Did did uh, what, did, did, I, did I make that? I'm pretty sure he went on one of his mazy runs earlier on, yeah. and um, Kamara took took him took him down. I might be wrong. Maybe someone. On the, on the I remember back. Kamara getting booked, but I'll be honest, I don't remember why he got booked. Got you. Uh, but um, again, like I said, not his probably brightest game, but he played his part in a solid performance and. For me now, whether Wolves, regardless of they play, if he's playing in a 3-4-3, three, three, it's a false nine, number 10, and let the wide forwards get more. If Wolves move to a back four, it's a number 10 with somebody probably needs to play in front of him. But let's see when we come, come to that. Um, Matt Doherty came on at half-time. Unfortunately, uh, Ryan Norrie, but it's fortunately or unfortunately for, for Villa, he, um, he appeared to get a whack from Matt Cash. And I think, I don't know if it was a concussion protocol, but he, I think he got a whack and he, he did knock him around a bit. But um, I'm not sure about Matt Doherty uh, on, 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 on his weaker side, if I'm honest. I mean, you take did, this one, Tyler. Did, did, did he really do much wrong? But equally, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure what Matt Doherty at left wing back, Tyler. I mean, Knock has made a comment about. I think he was. I think he was towing it up Mount Everest in treacle, wasn't he? I mean, I can't. I'm not just saying I can't remember seeing a Premier League footballer that slide. And, I, and I'm not. I don't want to sound hard for Master, but that's a concern for me. That's a severe lack of either fitness or pace or something's just gone. Because yeah, you're right. He, he kept us solid and he, he didn't do anything wrong. And he nearly cost us the game though. With a, he well, should have given a penalty away. 
it's never a penalty for me, but I'm, yeah, I know what you're saying. But I'm, I'm sat here thinking, does Johnny start over him? That that's how bad I think it it's got with him. Um, so it's a, it's a cause for concern, isn't it? I mean, just, I mean just, just just purely his lack of speed is a major concern. However, particularly though, a, a wing back. He's probably the guy who's going to do it, isn't he? So, what do I He's know? nailed on to score at Bournemouth now for this. Exactly, He's yeah. absolutely nailed. This will be clipped. Saying. We'll all look silly. <laughs> absolutely nailed to score at Bournemouth. And I hope to be it fair, happens. If, if he starts running now, he might make it to the penalty area. By <laughs> <laughs> what a horrible podcast. Horrible, horrible. He probably does play at right wing back, doesn't he? At Bournemouth. I don't. I don't we should have enough cover there with three centre backs and two holding centre midfielders to maybe just let him play a little bit more advanced. Um, moving away from the uh, match and player analysis, um, Gary O'Neill now, um, no pre season, eight games in, eight points, Wolves in 14th, one, two, drawn two, lost four, minus five. Um, He's, he's got a lot of people on side the last few weeks. There's an interesting tweet that came up, I think it was yesterday or today. According to um, the difficulty rankings, Wolves have had the third toughest start in the Premier League this season behind Bournemouth, Burnley and then Wolves with Everton, Chelsea, Man City and Palace having the, on paper the easy starts. So if you look at it like that and he's having ranked the third hardest start of the way the fixtures could run, Noki, this is not a bad start now, is it, for Gary O'Neill? You know me, mate. I've always been a Gary O'Neill fan. Um, thought, from day, thought from day one he was the right man for the job. No, no, I've, um, I, I was critical of O'Neill, um, but I also said I'll give credit and criticism in equal measure. And I think however he's got to this system, whether it's the fact that he's stumbled onto it because of injuries and suspensions or whether he's identified as what we need to do. He, he's starting to get it right. He's starting to make us look organised. And as Chris rightly said, the identity's there now. Um, since my little bit of a rant about him, criticism, whatever you want to call it, I've tried to be a little bit more visual on him and see how he actually acts and how he performs and in interviews and things like that. And, He's a pretty impressive bloke, in all honesty. I think he carries himself really well. There was an interview he did on Talk Sport. I don't know if any of you have caught that. And it was really, it was very intelligent and very positive. And I, I actually, I, I'm coming around to the idea of him being there now because I can see what he's trying to do. I was worried after the first few games because of the capitulations, because of the lack of identity and vision. But you've got to say now, he's, he's starting to, he's starting to look like a manager. He's starting to look like he knows what yeah. he wants to do, how he wants to do it. He's making those substitutions that are affecting the game. And I probably went a bit early on him. He didn't have a pre-season. He didn't have an opportunity to really look at the players. And, you know, we can we can look here and tell you that he can do this, he can do that. He's not a Wolves fan. He was sat on a beach. He doesn't know these players the way that we know these players. So he has to start from ground zero and, and start deciding what he's going to do, who's going to play. So I, I was probably jumped the gun a little bit um, in terms of criticising him, but... Now I'm 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 kind of on board with him now. I think we've we've got a long way to go. I still think the ambition is around about where we are now. I think if we were offered 14th, we'd all take that. So he's not got massive targets ahead of him other than to keep us in the division. But we were asked a few weeks ago, do we think he can keep us up? I said no. I'll be honest, I'm gonna change that now. I think that he that's the first question that, that the, the guy that asked that question is on tonight. So we'll save that for the questions. Okay. I just want to bring bring Tyler in as we're flying through the minutes. Um, as, as a guy called Ben that tweeted, eight points after eight games after playing five of last season's top seven. That's not a bad start, is it, Tyler? I think it's only really the looking back now. We've all calmed down a bit. Probably the Palace performance and result that sort of leaves it leaves it in you. I mean, you can take losing. To United, Liverpool, Brighton would have probably lost to Man City nine times out of ten, but you'd pick up that win where you've lost at Palace. So I think we probably are about where we should be. You'd probably want to beat Luton. So I think if we're being greedy, we'd be sat on, you know, ten points now, comfortably mid-table. But 38 points. I always say, don't I get to 40? But you probably need about 20 this season to stay up. So I think <laughs> I think if you just carry on that form of a point a game. We'll be more than comfortable to finish 
probably in the position we are now. So I think Docker's right. We do have to realise that expectations are pretty low. So he's got that, you know, on his fight on his side, and he's still got some genuine good footballers to work with. There's a couple of comments I could see that put up. You know, the players look on board with him. Yes, they do. He's apparently got very good, you know, um, mindset still of a current player. So he only left the game very recently. He's got a point to prove, which is great. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm with Noka. You know, I'm, I'm certainly glass half full now rather than half empty. Yeah, I'm pleased for him. And as you said, you knew someone, Tyler, that, that knew about him within the game. He came with a high reputation. And getting those results where he's tactically outdone the best coach in the world and the best team to follow it up with against the local derby, against the scene that's pumped Brighton for six. It's a fantastic return and I'm really pleased for him. So, And I think the fans are on board as well now. The atmosphere in the last two games have been good. The performances have been good. And the last two are two points a game. So, yeah, uh, fantastic. And what better game to face next up than going back to the club that's actually because they wanted the guy instead. Now, the script stinks there because they've not won <laughs> and the old manager's going back. And if it's the old Wolves way, we all know what happens. But let's talk about that later on. Let's take a few questions. Um, let's go on if I can find the questions. If it had been ahead, I should have done it. Um, here we go, Noki. Just in time for you. Ryan, on episode 73, you asked Noki and Tyler if Gary O'Neill sticks around until the end of the season, will he keep <laughs> Wolves up? They both said no, and I agreed at the time. How about now, Noki? I feel more confident he will now. Um, I don't know whether that's because I'm I'm happy with where we are or the fact that the three teams down there look like they've never played football in their entire lives. <laughs> so that might have something to do with it. But no, as I said, credit where credit's due. I, I feel there's an identity. I feel there's a. I feel that we've got a chance now. Whereas before, I was I was relatively convinced that we were going to be in the championship. So I'm I'm seventy seventy percent that he'll keep us up. Dave, thanks very much for your question. Noki, sorry, um, Tyler. Yeah, I'm sort of like 90% now. For for the reasons Noki just said, A, we look okay and B, some sides absolutely stink in this league and, and, and the, the quality down there is disgusting, if we're being honest. So <laughs> if he does take us down, the serious issues there because there's absolutely no way these players should be, you know, getting pulled down into that dogfight. Absolutely. And I, I do think as well that we'll see a few more departures come January. I think we'll see another striker come January. So I think actually the second half of the season, Wolves will be stronger than they are now. So, um, well, well, if why would we need a striker when we've got King Fabio, right? Mm. Anyway, we'll move on to the next question. And this is this week's absolute <laughs> stinker. Bobby Smith asks, without checking the internet, which I haven't, can any of name name the full 1980 League Cup winning team or the Sherpa van 1998. Now, I've asked this because... I wasn't born. Exactly. Some of the members of the crew weren't born for one of those games. I was eight in the Sherpa van 88. So You were um, 15. <laughs> you absolute horror show. Absolute <laughs> horror show. Now, from 1988, yeah, I, I've not looked this up, so I don't know. Obviously, we've got Bull and Much, Denison. I think Kendall was in goal. You're going to have to do better than that, sir. Street playing centre-back. Ali Robertson. Uh, was Psycho Down. in midfield? Was Down. Psycho Downing in midfield? Uh, after that... Have I said Dennison? Have I said Robbie Dennison? Yeah. And after that, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to struggle. I've got to be honest with you. But what I would say is I didn't go to my first game for two years after that and I was eight years old. So, and to, I haven't researched... You, you missed out Mickey, Mickey Holmes, Phil Robinson, and Gary Bellamy. So, so any mystery? Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy. With Andy it. Thompson, the left, but yeah. Oh, you missed Tomo. Oh no, that's that's a bad one, isn't it? That's, that's a, a bad one. He, well, you know, I've never forgiven him. I've never forgiven him for missing that penalty against Stoke about 25 years ago. But there we go. It's one as against for, Birmingham that still haunts me. As, yeah, as for the as for, about that one. as for the 1980 League Cup, um, uh, Andy Gray scored the winner Wolves one. That's all I know. Um, <laughs> Uh, thanks for your question, uh, Bobby Smith. 
Um, this is a good question coming up as well. Greg asks, regular contributor to the Wolves Report. Thank you, Greg. Greg asks, looking at the decision as for Lamina, um, Kovacic and Guimaraes over the weekend, don't see any point to VAR and the associated rule changes. What do you lads think? There's a two-in-one question there from Greg because anyone that's not watched um, Kovacic and Guimaraes both put bad tackles in after they'd already been booked. Neither received a second yellow card. Mario Lamina does it. For me, Mario is definitely a second yellow card. I don't think there's any hiding from that. Kovacic could potentially have been a straight red. That second tackle was a stinker. I don't know. Um, we all they're know. All, they're, all, they're all the clear with second yellow card. You've ever yeah. seen. Yeah. So the point is, why does... And if anything, you know, if you pull a player back when they're breaking, it's a yellow card, but it's 100%. not going to injure anybody or hurt anybody. Yeah, exactly. Kovacic, those two tackles were both yeah, bad. Break leg breakers, isn't it? Yeah, that yeah. second tackle was bad. And I, I don't... Whereas, same, you know, if you're going in like that, I've, I've genuinely got no response as to how those who have not been sent off. Not not at all. And I don't even think Gallagher did that does that stupid referee thing on Scott. Even he couldn't believe it. So It's, it, it, it's frustrating. It's and wrong. Wolves aren't fashionable. And I don't think they're particularly liked. And I don't really care if they're liked or fashionable, to be honest. I'm not after favours. I don't want any IOUs. I just want everyone to be treated the same. That's it. I want a consistent level because Kovacic could have broke that guy's leg. It's at least a yellow card. Guimaraes, he's gone flying in. It's a yellow card. How do they get away with it? Playing for fashionable Newcastle, fashionable Chelsea. Um, sorry, fashionable Man City. It's it's really, really poor. But that doesn't change the fact that Mario's was a red card. In fact, if anything, we were treated correctly. Those were treated with a bit yeah. of preference. So. Yeah, uh, as for, as for VAR, uh, I mean, I'm not sure we can go down this road again. I mean, I've, I've seen some comments and they've talked about. Um, I haven't seen it. I'm going to watch it back. They've talked about Joe Gomez handball. And I've talked about that tonight, and apparently it's very unclear. But again, you see the weekend. Yeah, didn't it happen? Did it happen to Van Dyke? Van Dyke, yeah. Yeah, he hit, exactly. he hit his foot and he's out. But Van Dyke's hands here. Joe, Joe Gomez hands is up here. Uh, the inconsistency is infuriating. Greg, thanks as always for contributing to the Wolves report. Um, this is an interesting question that overlaps from, from what we said earlier on as well. Um, some of what I said about Joe Gomez. Kev Taylor asks, is it a concern that some of these players can't last 90 minutes and give O'Neill no choice but to keep changing the team late in games? I'll answer that one. Um, I think some of the players, that, like Lamina, particularly Joe Gomez, this isn't someone that I think that can toe down his game. This is someone that plays foot to the floor for as long as he's got it until there's nothing left. And fitness will come the more he plays. But when you play so explosive and reactive and you're battling and you're fighting for everything, even the fittest players can't surely keep that up for 90 minutes. I don't think he's unfit. I just think he absolutely gives everything. Um, I don't know. What do, you, what do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. But, it's, you know, the game's changed now. It's a squad game. You've got... How many subs is it? Nine. Nine to pick they're from there, five to use. To, yeah, they're there to be used. And um, I fully agree with you. you. You want your player almost coming off with nothing left to give if you've got a like-for-like quality replacement. I do think they do seem to be getting a bit fitter week, you know, week on week. I think mm. I've not seen that. Um, but it, it's not a major concern to me because at this level you should have you know, you should have options, and it's not an eleven-man game anymore. It's it's a squad game. Absolutely, um, Noki. I think this last question's for you, um, but be kind. Um, Jeremy Skidmore asks if 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 Fabio was a horse, would you put him out to pasture? Ouch. Oh, oh, no, I'd probably put him in a tin of dog food. To be fair, if he was a horse. Um, <laughs> oh, look, I'm... Your up, Tyler. <laughs> Can't bear to watch. I'm scared of what he's going to say. No, look, I'm, I'm desperate for Fabio to do well, but he's 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 weak as a kitten, isn't he? I mean, the first thing he did when he came on the pitch against Villa was got shoulder barge to the ground and lose the ball. And I don't know. I mean, he he just seems more interested in making friends than he does winning football games. And my head tells me he's going to be gone. At, he's going to be gone in January because I just don't think he's he's not showing signs of life. I mean, you see Kalajic when he came on. 
the first thing he does is ping an unbelievable ball into the path of yeah, Neto. That's someone that, wants to, someone that wants wants to get to get down the line and puts in a world class ball. That's someone that wants to play for Wolves. But I don't Fab- even think it's I don't even think it's that much. I think that's the intelligence to do that. I don't think Fabio sees that pass. I think Fabio puts his head down, steams towards the corner flag, then tries to put it in the box. I don't think he's got a footballing brain. There's a player there, um, but. I don't think you're ever going to see him at Wolves. And my suspicion is they're going to... I think he'll go out on loan in January and then I think he'll be gone after that. I think this is probably curtains for him because he's he's not getting any better. If anything, he's getting worse for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there's a, there's, a, there's a player in Fabio. I'm just not sure it's going to be a player in the Premier League. Um, what annoys me is... And if you're a nice person, you're a nice person. But if you come in on representing my football team, I don't want you high-fiving and shaking hands the opposition in the middle of a game. You don't talk to them to the end of the game and, and, and then you do your business. In the game, it's a battle, it's a war. They're not your mates. You're trying, to, you're trying to skin them, score past them. You're trying to win a foul, win a free kick. You're trying to win however way possible. Fabio doesn't do that for me. He's not got that null about him and that's frustrating. Um, I wanted him to do well. We've supported him on this show. I've really supported him. The club are giving him the number nine. He's not taking his chances. And on with Nucky, I'd be really surprised come the end of January if he's a Wolves player. I think he'll sign a year deal to protect his value if he has another good European loan. That's what I think will happen. I think he'll sign an extension because he'll want football and he'll go into Europe again. Um, Jeremy, thanks for your question. It's a much cleaner answer than I thought Nucky was going to give. Um, <laughs> a week on Saturday, Wolves go down to the seaside to face Gary O'Neill's old team where they face Bournemouth. No wins for Bournemouth. The old manager returns. What could possibly go wrong? Um, a good mate of mine, Jazz, asks um, an, a, a statement here on in, in terms of the team selection, which I'll, I'll bring on to you. Cunha and Santi will be playing in Brazil on the 17th. He Chan will be in the career on the 17th. And Troy plays Mali on the 13th. But the 17th is in Portugal. The rest are in Europe, so OK. Already without two first-teamers and no time to prepare for the game. It's a big predicament. Coming all the way from the other side of the world with little time to prepare. Tyler. Well, you know, we're all middle-class working fellas, aren't we? So that sort of stuff doesn't really wash with us, does it? But from a professional athlete point of view, I don't know. I personally wouldn't look too much into it. I mean, we haven't got the luxury of not playing Wang and Kuna, have we, at all? So... Bellegarde comes back fresh. That's an option. Bubakar's your option. Um, you know, Dool's your option. We've talked about it two or three times. Now. It's a squad game now. So if you are given a chance, you've got to take it. Um, but I don't envisage too many changes. They'll be on first class, first class private jets, flown back straight away, fully recovered and recuperated. So And Bournemouth will have the same problem. They're, every team now has international footballers. So... I think it's a situation that highlights really our lack of real depth when you've got players like, I mean, not so much for Santi because he's only he's only had one game since his, his injury in, in, in like March, April time. But it, it is a reasonable impact for Huang and that's a Kern and for Cunha as well. That That's a worry. But like you say, if they're coming back, if they're hydrated, they're having all the best treatment, then... They're professional footballers, that's their job. It's not very sympathetic, but we don't really have a choice like Man City did when they rest players exactly. after the break. So we don't really have a choice. Um, two main, the two main decisions we've got to make, though, is who comes in for Mario Lamina? I think we know the answer to that. I think we are unanimous on Bubakar coming on there, Lockie Tyler. And then we have the wing-back situation. Um, I don't know if a curveball will be thrown here or not, or if it will be light for light and go for Matt Doherty. Now, he's the most natural man in that position. Um, he's been beaten down by you two, so he's definitely going to score an overhead kick or something in off the bar because that's just the way the podcast works. But <clears throat> with Bellegarde available, is there anything we can do there? He's played right midfield he's previous, in his previous club. Is that something we could look at or is that a two, is that a two bit, a two bit too exotic? I don't think he'll do that. I think that would be... He'll want to be solid. He won't want to give anything yeah. silly away there. So for me, I think I only see Doherty coming in. Um, I think if there was going to be any other decision on that front, we would have seen it against Villa. So for me, I think if Doherty... Bellegarde was suspended, so... Yeah, but I just don't see him doing that. I mean, we've had... A, you know, you've just mentioned about some of the players that are away, but... You know, we know they're not flying on Ryanair. They're going to come back on private jets, but they're still going to have 
they're still going to have a journey in their legs, aren't they? So for me, I think Bellegarde probably comes from the bench. Um, I think he relieves one of your, your attacking players. I don't think you waste him yeah. in a right wing back or defensive position when you've got a player who can already play there because you're giving yourself, you're kind of giving away an attacking option then, aren't you? So for me, I think Doherty comes in. I think Bellegarde starts from the bench. And then after sort of 60, 65 minutes, depending on how the game's going, that's when you'll start to bring off some of them players who've done the miles. So are we all agreed then? Um, no changes. 3-4-3 three, three. Um, from the two suspensions then, obviously the changes there. Doherty in at right wing back and Bubakar in centre midfield. Without injuries, yeah, I think so. Yeah, hopefully um, it will be an injury-free. But that's always the concern. It's, it, at least this time, Wolves haven't lost on the eve of an international break to make that two weeks feel a little bit longer. They've had yeah. a positive few games. Hope our players do well, but equally, I hope they come back safe and return. Um, there won't be a Wolves report next week because there's no game, so we'll join us again in roughly two weeks' time. We are on to predictions now, right near the end of the show. Uh, Wolves go all the way down to the south coast, Tyler, to face Bournemouth. Your first score and correct score, please. Oh, sorry, I thought you'd have mentioned my prediction from Sunday just gone. Um... <laughs> what was that then, mate? Oh, no, no, we don't need to talk about it now. It's fine. Um... What a oh, I can't say we're going to win because then we won't win. So I'm going to say 1-1 again. And um, the man from right wing back, the caravan. <laughs> so you're saying 1-1 and Matt Doherty, did you say then, yeah? Yeah. Knocky? Oh, I've got a little sneaky for this one. There you'll be going. That's the problem, though. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. I can see what's going to come. Look, they haven't won a game all season, have they? So Wolverhampton Wanderers dictates we probably get pumped 3-0. But I'm going to go... I'm going to get 2-0 to Wolves. Um, Matthias Cunha, first goal. Oh, you've done it, haven't you? You've absolutely done it. What have you done that for? It might work if I do it. Um, I'm going to go with a 1-0 Wolves and a Huang Hee Chan with a, a netto assist because that's just what we're doing at the moment this has been so thank, you, thank you this has been episode 75 of the Wolves Report thank you to prediction god and master of all predictions Chris Tyler <laughs> 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 and our club captain Mark Nock see you again in two weeks of the Wolves <laughs>